<laughs> we just start talking. So, the sense of self is a feeling of being a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. Yeah? So, a thing. Okay, long-lasting in time, separate. So, all these yous, which is this yous included, yes, all these yous sitting here separate themselves from the other you because this you is called me wherever we're sitting yes so there's there's all these you's and then there's a special me over there there and there and there that separates this you from you not other than not just the perception of you being in, in distance yeah but a separation a true separation because I will not feel empathy for you because I don't see it as it concerns me. Yeah? The me is sort of a specialness that's, that's rooted in the identification as a self, which the you provides, yeah? Because the body seems to be separate from other bodies. But then this you gets crowned a special one called me. Yeah? So I was at a, I was at a gathering the other week and some lady was sharing about you know she's obsessed over self yes and all she does is think about me yeah it doesn't stop there she's thinking everyone else is thinking about me and she didn't know it because she was she was construing it in a different way she was telling the truth yeah but she thought everyone was thinking about her me but everyone was thinking about me everywhere everyone was sitting it was me, 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 me. So in effect, everyone is thinking about me, but it's not you. <laughs> it's the you they're taking themselves to be. And so... <laughs> it's amazing what's going on right underneath our nose right underneath our nose. Yes? So this is the sense of self. Yeah? And then this idea of non-duality is sort of a disclaiming of that. Yeah? Not that the self isn't found its authenticness. There isn't any authenticness. Yeah? The true authenticness of a self is its absence, basically. The, in the absence of self, that's where the true, the true authenticness is able to be accessed. Yeah, but not as a self, but from a self. Yeah? So this is the point, And like people call me up, and now they don't anymore. But they used to call me up and say, "Well, what's the topic this week?" The exact same topic as every other freaking week. Because if this isn't clear, it doesn't matter how mo- clear you get about everything else. Because this will be in cloud, yes? You will still be taking yourself as a separate thing. And therefore, when you entertain freedom, you'll be entertaining freedom for that thing or as that thing, but not from it, yeah? Because your mind won't be able to, uh, be able to entertain fromness of it because it's identified as it, yeah? So every time it wants to get out of self, it's going to attempt to do it as a self. And there's an incredible disclaimer in old Zen that says very clearly, you can't use mind to seek mind. You can't use light to seek light. You can't use the Buddha nature to seek the Buddha nature. You can't, and then we throw in, you can't 
use self to get out of self. And this master said, you can do it for eons and nothing will happen. Yeah? What, what's that state? Is he, supposed to, is he screwing with you? He's trying to save us time. <laughs> He's trying to say, hey, listen, recognize what's going on and then you'll see clearly. Yeah. But not as this self, but you'll see clearly from the self because all seeing from this is a form of looking called self-centeredness. Yeah. How we're looking at things is how it pertains to me. That's basically it. I look at my girlfriend and I look at her, how it pertains to me. I look at this, how it pertains to me. That's called self-centeredness. And what's the center of that system but self? So if you don't question the center of the system, I guarantee you, you're going to be trying to get out of self as a self. Because you don't know you're identified as a self when you are. You don't know it. Either some divine grace or you got to hear it from outside when someone may drop a possibility on you. Hey, instead of looking for a new meditation technique, why not ask who's the meditator? If you're not that which needs to meditate, you may not need to meditate. Yeah? So the freedom I've been entertaining is freedom from the need to be liberated. Really. It has nothing to do with liberation. It's freedom from the need to be liberated because that's the suffering. And you don't believe me? Take a simple example. Here's a place you probably hear it quite a lot, this, the, the grounds of this building. Peace. Enlightenment. Yes? Awakening. The, now the head, in selfing, when it entertains peace, it uses the idea of peace to agitate itself. When it entertains enlightenment, it drives itself crazy when actually enlightenment means cessation of all suffering. While the head and self is entertaining it, it's producing suffering. It's getting the exact opposite of what it truly means you're demonstrating. Yeah. Or awakening. Fucking everyone was so much better off before they heard about enlightenment and awakening and presence and this and that. It's just, it's insanity. It's so insane that there were books out. I don't know if they're still making them, but there were books about how to get into the moment. This used to flip me out. How to get into the moment, which presupposes you have the power to be out of a moment, which you don't. Yeah. It presupposes you can't, you cannot be, you have the possibility of not being where you are. Have you ever pulled it off? You sitting here, you think you're not here, but the surveillance tapes will show your body being here on a Monday night. Yeah? You've never missed one moment of your life. You are the moment of your life. Yeah? But, and you didn't believe this unbelievable insanity when you were a kid. You had no idea of that possibility. So when you were playing, you weren't worrying, will I be playing next week? Because time hadn't set up yet. You hadn't been entertaining time sufficiently to have it to have a huge effect on you. Because time doesn't have an effect on you. It has an effect through you. There's got to be... You were living and you were out of time in a freaking little body as a baby. Why is time so pressing now? What happened? You're still seemingly in the body. So something that had no influence now has a huge amount of influence. How did that happen? Time just grew. It grew in power as I was getting older. And now it's the old, insane, powerful time. No. Your head believes in it. 
What would happen here if every day, let's say today was one second, you would do great, wouldn't you? I swear to God, if Monday was one second, bingo, success, I felt great for that one second, let's say at 9.03 a.m., I felt fucking great. You know, Tuesday, oh, there it goes again, 10.11, I feel great. Man, my days would just go, there would be no vigilance and, and trudging and enduring, none of that would occur. But what happens here in the mental state, identified as a body, 901 is followed by 902. Yeah, It's very difficult to keep your emotional condition, your physical condition, your mental condition, your circumstantial situational condition perfectly stabilized. Yeah, It's like trying to ride a bike. When I was a kid, I had so much pride, I wouldn't ask anyone to teach me. So I used to go in the garage and I try to balance on the bike and I thought you had to balance perfectly still and I'd always fall until one time my foot slipped and I pedaled and there it was the answer. Yeah? This is what we're trying to do. We're trying to lend a sense of unity and oneness to tons of variables. Your emotional state's going this way, you're doing 12 hours of yoga, your, your physical, physical state's great, but your head is totally flipped out. Yeah, the you know you get the body down, the emotions. The woman leaves you, or the boy leaves you. Oh, you get that down. You get the mind, which you'll never get down. Mind will never calm mind. Never. Mind will never calm mind. So yeah. God damn it, 902, 903. I was doing so great. I have people call me, they're great. Ten minutes later, they're entering a lifelong depression. What happened in those ten minutes? It's incredible. You don't see the influence of time in your life? You come to this mode, this little event, and then you can't wait to schedule the next meeting to see someone else who you may like better. Maybe they have a loving gaze and they talk in incredible platitudes. Who knows? You keep on keeping on. But see, this is where the invitation lies. Like this lady sent me a email. I apologize, but I'm going to use you because no one's personal. So, And she was talking about she felt this event occur, like an awakening, and then her head arose, and then her head arising seemed to squash it, and she said, did I miss that that?" That one of a one so one in a lifetime moment. I said no, but you're missing this one. Yeah, the obsession with self. You don't see it. It will regroup. You can smash it. It's like mercury. It's just unbelievable how it regroups. You have an epiphany that is a total demonstration. It never was. It never is, and it never will be. In about. 40 minutes, the epiphany, da, da, da. suddenly your mind arises and says, oh, I'm having this incredible epiphany. It immediately gets neutered. Yeah? It's now you as a self that has the epiphany when the epiphany was all about the absence of self. It's quick. It does it quite a fast. It slips in there and it includes itself in the story and it has nothing to do with it. Like people, you know, I went traveling two years ago. They hadn't seen me in a while back east. And I hadn't cut my hair. My hair was, grew long. And so they were going, oh, Paul, you're growing your hair. And I got very proud. Yes, I'm growing my hair. You know what I mean? And I look at people like Chris and feel a little pity for him. You know, I'm growing my hair. 
and yeah, and I joined a hair growing club, and I find it grows better with a lot of people. So we all sit there for two hours looking at you know shampoo advertisements, and it seems to help. You know what I mean? I read all these brochures; it seems to be growing my hair, isn't it? Oh yeah, you're looking much longer. So it sounds like the language implies you have something to do with something you have nothing to do with quite a lot. If you're listening to this head in an ignorant manner, you're going to be duped. You're going to take yourself to be a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. And yet, you're going to attempt to put the qualities of everything onto that which cannot be everything. Yeah? And what happens, the excruciating part is, you have second after second of trying to keep that juggling. Let me get the emotions right, the mental, the physical, the circumstance, get the candles, everything. Then, so, oh, stop. I worked, lived in this place in Australia, a compound. And a very rich man, he was a spiritual seeker type. And I had a, I had a cabin on his pro- property. So he had built this beautiful room where he meditated every day at 5.30. So around 5 o'clock, he'd start driving like in this golf cart all around the grounds, telling everyone at 5.30, you got to keep quiet. Yeah. So he was totally in anxiety, but with the hopes that he would be in peace at 5.30. But he didn't see 5 o'clock, 5.01, 5.02. There goes the peace. You know what I mean? But I'm going to get it that at 5.30. This is what the mental state promises you. It says it will deliver, or it has delivered, but it's never delivering right now. Never. All you're getting is an advertising. The seeking just keeps regenerating itself. Seeking, 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 because the irritation, the the dis-ease isn't being addressed. You keep calling self you. And of course, from there, you need freedom and you need peace. But any freedom and peace you come near will be claimed by the selfing, will be used as ornaments on its little reflective surface. It's not going to change a damn freaking thing. You'll be in Buddhism, and then five years later, you'll be trying to join Turbo Butte Buddhism, or let's have extreme Buddhism with a physical workout plus a tantric event and then a massage. Somehow, if I get all all these thousand-year-old formulas and put them all together, it's going to work sometime. It can't work for you. It's not your fault. Yeah? It can't work for you. The freedom is inherent. The freedom is prior to any bondage. The freedom is prior to any bondage. This is not, the freedom isn't a consequence or a reaction to bondage. That's part of the bondage. Yeah? You may not be bonded to what you thought you were, but you'll be bonded to the self that's now moving into the bondage of freedom. Yeah? And then you'll have to get out of that bondage of freedom 
and then move on to another freedom, and yet the bond, the selfing will be there, and there will be the bondage again. And you can't understand how you cannot outrun it, but you're never going to outrun it as it. The freedom is prior to the bondage. There's a recognition that, in a sense, nothing ever happened. What you are hasn't been disturbed, hasn't been stressed, hasn't been interrupted, hasn't been dimmed, hasn't been diminished. It's like the sky, I'm telling you. A very good visual is on a clear day, look at the sky. Yeah. See all the stuff that can appear in the sky, yet all those appearances don't affect the sky at all. You can have... You can have 300 straight days of July 4th explosions and the sky will never be ripped open. Yeah? The bird's shit, it's never going to land on the sky. When it rains, it doesn't, land, it doesn't get the sky wet. It hits, some, it's a, hits a thing called the earth and, wet, and causes wetness here. Yes? The sky, every plane that's ever flown through it has never run into a chunk of sky. Ever. They've never called. There is not one taped conversation from a pilot to the tower saying, oh, I ran into a big chunk of sky here. You know, what am I supposed to do? Nothing. Yeah. Clouds come and go. The sky is un- unaffected by whatever appears in it. This is what's appearing in mind now. Yet mind is not affected by what's appearing in it. That's the freedom prior to any bondage. That's the freedom that didn't come and therefore won't go. That's the freedom that's always available at all times and the most incredible aspect of it, it has nothing to do with you. You are actually, in a sense, not relevant to it. So all you need to do is question that sense of self. If it starts becoming clear to you, you're not that, yeah? That's that. Now, the mind will be sort of separated from that indulging in that addiction into that identification, and instead of trying to know what it is as an object, which it can never be objectified, it will find out what it is as subject. It will find out what it is. You'll be on a need-to-know basis as this little hose. The hose will be always at the ready for the water to come through. Because the water is what truly defines the hose. If water is not moving through it, it's just a freaking empty plastic tube. What's seeing is not your eye. What's hearing is not your ear. What's... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what's smelling is not your nose <laughs> a great other master I like the old Zen Hoang Po says a beautiful thing A great. if you want to read a book that's pretty direct get the teachings of Hoang Po translated by John Blofeld it's a very old book he says whatever can be perceived yes cannot be perceiving Period. End of story. Whatever can be perceived cannot be perceiving. So, 
This I can be perceived, yes? It cannot be perceiving. This body is is obviously perceived. It cannot be that which is perceiving. Save yourself some time. Anything worth its salt is always going to lead you back to this same recognition. I need do nothing. Why not start there and check it out? And if it works for you, it will work. To me, it became the last answer. I heard this whenever, I don't know how many years ago, and I haven't had any new answer come my way. And I haven't heard about turbocharged non-duality. And I hope nobody's out there pushing it and then combining it with other stuff. Yeah. It's not like something to do in a work with a workout. Yeah. It's clean and clear and simple and direct. And it's, it's very, very nice to present it that way every way, every time. Yeah. On and on and on. Because if you even if, let's say you like Buddhism. Buddhism has a thing called the Eightfold Path. And in that Eightfold Path, it says, and if you look at it as a linear way, it's what comes after the Four Noble Truths, right? The Four Noble Truths is there's suffering, or there's a, there's a dissatisfaction in life, yes? And then what's causing it is desire. And then it says, all right, what's the answer? Get out of desire, all right? Then the fourth says, and, then, and this is what you do. And then there's the Eightfold Noble Path. And so if you look at it linearly, it starts with right view. Right view, yeah? In other words, the right understanding. And then it has right livelihood, right meditation, right this, right, right, right. Yeah. Now, if you see it this way, the, the right view is what migrates the right into the other things. You can't produce the right view through the other things. A right livelihood doesn't guarantee you're going to have a right view. The right, well, to me, it's not a right meditation if it's not done in the right view. Yes? So the right view is the linchpin. It's, the, it's, the, it's that cornerstone. It's, that, it's, the, it's the most important piece. So what they would say in, in formal Buddhism is the right view is non-self. Yeah? Or you could say non-duality. Yeah? So in that, from there... When that becomes clear, then almost every livelihood you seem to be in can be the right livelihood. Yeah? And almost all the actions that you do can be the right action. Meditate or not meditate. Yeah? Read a scripture or don't read a scripture. Yeah? And after a while you'll see, I am in the exact same... The, the uncaused state is exactly the same before I walk in this room, during while I'm in this room, and after I leave. And it's never been different. Because that state isn't conditional. Therefore, it can't be conditioned. It's just a recognition. And the tiniest, the tiniest seed, like Jesus says, can move of faith can move a mountain. And that's that old Zen treatise I was talking about. It's, it's titled Faith Mind. So now there's faith in not your mental state, but in mind itself. And it will reverberate in all your freaking experiences. Yeah? But it can't be experienced. It will influence every day, but it can't be found in the day like it's an object. Yes? 
Like they say in physics. You ever hear of physics? Yeah? <laughs> physics? What's the biggest influence of any experiment? The observer of it. Yeah. We give everything all the meaning it has. We give everything all the meaning it has. How can something that was... Let's say you're not in good shape, and today this is a problem. Yeah? Then the next day I'm in good shape, and it's not a problem. Then the next day I'm not in good shape, and it's a problem again. What is it? Is it a problem, or isn't it a problem? It, if you saw me Monday, Monday I say, that is a real problem. Then you see me Tuesday, oh no, is it? Then when, it's a real problem again. How does it do it? <laughs> You're giving it the meaning it has. And you forget that's what's going on, and then that gives a meaning to you. The Course explains it so beautiful, the Course of Miracles. If you don't know it, they probably have 30 copies here. <laughs> it says, you and I are the dreamer of the dream. Yes. We forget that we're dreaming. Now, this is the important thing. What's causing us to forget? It doesn't say it in the book, but what's causing us to forget? Well, I would say it's the remembrance of self. Yeah? While you're remembering yourself as a body, you'll forget yourself as what you are. Yeah? You can't forget it, but you will seemingly forget it. Yes? Seemingly means it will appear to be true or false to you. Yeah? So, all right. You and I are the dreamer of the dream. We forget that we're dreaming the dream. And in that forgetfulness, we give everything we dreamt the power to affect us. Sounds like a pretty good diagram of every freaking day of our, our lives, isn't it? You and I are the dreamer of the dream. We're in a state of forgetfulness about that point. And in that forgetfulness, we give everything we, we're dreaming the power to affect us. Yeah? And we don't see it coming because we didn't see it going. <laughs> we didn't see the going out and we don't see it coming. <laughs> then we say, please, please stop. So you leave that lady, and the next one does the same seemingly thing. What? That's what happened. I was in like 15 intimate relationships, and when I looked at it, I realized there was only one constant in all of them. That was me. Yeah. They, none of them worked, but <laughs> I was in every one of them. How could I have been so lucky to meet the same woman every time? <laughs> Get the hints. Follow it. Let the mind... Let it come... Let it out of the pen of self-centeredness. It's a small corral. You know what I mean? Let it free range. Let it out. Entertain some ideas, some novel ideas, yeah? Maybe you're not that. You're not that which you take yourself to be. Yeah? See what happens. It may loosen up a lot of things, yeah? And for me, there's no point to go anywhere else. And when I went to this point, I haven't gone anywhere else in 14 years. What's the point? How can I improve what's already complete? <laughs> all, I, all I do is entertain it now, all day. Yeah? It's got my attention, because my attention was freed up from that bondage to self. Yeah? Now my attention can go to different places, and it seems to like to go to no place. Yeah? It likes to be paying attention to no thing. And that's lent the greatest relief from thingness in my life. I was looking for a thing to bring me relief from things. But it's, that's not the case. It's in no thingness you find relief from things. 
this thing and every other thing. I can't believe you're here for a meetup. That's really trips. That trips me out. It's sort of like <laughs> just walking in nonchalant to something like this it just blows my mind. You know what I mean? I was just looking for a bagel and a cup of coffee. <laughs> I've been offered the keys to the kingdom. <laughs> Someone just saved me fifty years of fucking searching. <laughs> I can put it down because I had never picked it up. <laughs> Jeez, I was having trouble letting go exactly because you've never been holding on. <laughs> You'll never find that out while you're so concerned about letting go. How can you if you haven't held on? <laughs> How can you get out of an imaginary problem other than seeing it's imaginary? How? And how long would it take to get out of an imaginary problem? No time at all. (laughs) You don't see it? It's so beautifully clear. Like a bell ringing constantly so you don't notice it anymore. But if you tune in, your mind will find rest. Yes, true rest and peace. You'll comprehend the word serenity and no peace. Yes. These things will be, they'll be fleshed out. You'll have a real tactile sense of it, not a conceptual idea that you think you know, but you'll have the feeling of what it's like to be awake. Yeah? You won't need authorities. There's no spiritual notary publics. You don't go, okay, I want my, I've got eight epiphanies, I've done 300 days of meditation and retreats, I've done 108. Pranams at 30 different temples around the world. Okay, you get it. You're, you're spiritual. You've been notarized at the road. Yeah? There's no, you know, you're your own authority. You. Yeah. It will echo out. It will be like an unspoken yes that just echoes and echoes and echoes. Yeah. The only reason I'm talking is I want to hear it. And I, was, I didn't want to wait for some person to come every six months. So fuck it. I'll play the role, let it come through, because I want to hear this message. Because it's really... I mean, when I hear the word... When I hear some of these words that I don't hear usually in public, it's like a, a huge download of tactile sense felt comes over me. Yeah? They mean so much now. Because it's a living thing. Yeah. So non-duality, not two. What's the living activity of the two-ness is subject-object. Everything has been objectified to the false subject you. It's driven by pure subjectivity, but it's been claimed by a mental process coming from your brain, and it's been that subjectivity has been attributed to a body. And that body is called me. And now you're the subject and everything else is an object. 
If you hear about the truth, it's objectified. If you hear about enlightenment, it's objectified. If you hear about Buddha, it's objectified. Yeah? You're not doing it. It's just happening very quickly. Yeah? Because with that premise in place, these are, these are the shenanigans it can get up to. Yeah? It's difficult to catch it and put it back in the box. It's by questioning the box. Are you truly that subject as an object? If you're not, then all bets are off. The rules of the game will shift. Yeah, You'll be at square zero, and the game looks totally different from square zero than it does at square three. Especially when you're calling square three square zero. And it isn't. Yeah, The sense of you is produced. It's a, it's a product of a mental process, and any process is in time. Yeah? The solution is of timelessness. The solution is of timelessness. The solution cannot be produced in time. What can happen in time is you, your mind can get exhausted, where it will finally give up the ghost, and something may dawn on you from raw mind, and you'll see, I need do nothing. Yeah. But here, the mental process is like this. There's conscious contact, there's seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching going on, by consciousness moving through this apparatus, and then there's a mental process that says, claims the consciousness, and claims that it's you that's conscious, you as this body. So you're seeing... Not that, there's, not that there's consciousness moving through an eye facilitating the event called vision. No, it's you seeing. You are the one. Just like, it's so insane. Do you think you digest your own food? Have you ever been somewhere and then had a sudden, you know, your, your phone went on and it was a reminder, oh, digest that burrito you had last night. Oh, you run home, you know, I got to cancel my whole at night. You know, it sounds funny. No, <laughs> no one digested their food. Then why do you believe you're the thinker of a much subtler process called thought? Why is it that it makes that huge leap into being the doer of something much more subtle than pumping the blood, beating the heart, you know, digesting the food, opening and closing the sphincter muscle when there's something wanting to get outer? You know, none of that you seem to have much control over. But suddenly, you're the master of the thought system. <laughs> so much so, you, 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 you claim some, some to be bad and some to be good. Have you ever seen a disposal in your toilet and then proclaim, that was bad, or oh, that's a good one? You know what I mean? None of this, none of this opinionation goes with, uh, with the blood or the heart. Only... In the thought system, why? Because you take yourself to be the thinker thereof. And there's an assumption you have power over it. And what happens is you have the experience of being powerlessness because it's rubbing against that insane assumption you're under, which is you have power over something you have no power over. The dilemma is powerlessness. Selfing has no power. It lives off of your juice, almost like a parasitical movement. It claims to be you, takes the life that's available and interprets it in time, and you get stuck with the story. And, and the reason why you want to keep reading it is because it's about you. If you try to sell what's going on in your head to anyone else, no one would buy it. 
The only reason why you're such an ardent supporter of it, it's about you. You're identified with the central character. Every, if I had to read five chapters of someone else's story that's not happening in their head, it would be like hell. Yeah? But you, we're like on the 50th chapter. I can't wait to see what happens again to Paul. <laughs> Who's going to come into his life to save him and then disappoint him greatly? On and on and on. The only interest in all this shit is that it's about you. Either you're the thinker of it or you're what's being thought about. That's it. That's the, that's the juiciness of it. None, nothing else. It's boring as hell what's going through our head, that little ticker tape. That's it. The, the juiciness, the bonding, the glue is your identification as the object that's being thought about or as the subject that's doing the thinking. That's it. So if you go to the center of the system of self and you see you're not that, you may have great relief from the whole system of self-centeredness, which you've been trying to get for a long, long time as a self. It does work from a self. Recognizing you're not that is where the freedom lies because the freedom is before the bondage because you are not that, you were never that, and you never would have been that. That's the absoluteness of the solution. And when the solution appears, it totally gets nullified in and of itself because the problem's imaginary. There's no need for a solution either. Then you're ju- you are exactly as you've always been. Yeah. Stripped down, economized. I, I've seen it. I've you know been entertaining it for a while. Like some, I met my friend here, and she was talking about stuff, and I was telling her, you know, most people like me like four years later. <laughs> They had no idea what I said, but they felt something. And then I get these emails or letters or phone calls. Oh, I get it. <laughs> so that's it, I guess. What's up? I don't want to beat a dead horse. You know, you can go on and on, but uh, you know, I think short and sweet's really good too. Because it's an invitation, it's a message, not a dissertation. Yeah? Hopefully, you've been served the spiritual subpoena. See what happens. And you know what? Instead of going to the court of mind, maybe you'll go to the court of light. And all those offenses and omissions and commit, committing things will be nulled and voided. Yeah? You'll be let off your own hook. Yeah. You'll feel available and you'll sense a presence and you'll be of service. Right now, you're not available. You're taken already. You're occupied by something. And that something appears and thrives in time. And yet, the solution and the knowledge of what you truly are is timeless. So, any questions?
yes. question. Um, when I had this experience you're talking about as an adult, I realized that through my childhood, I had many experiences of timelessness and no mind. And I just, nobody could have ever explained to me that that was me, the real me, because like there's no support for any of that concept in our culture. And now I have grandkids, and I would like to be able to sort of give them some kind of idea that those moments, like when they're on a swing, they're in this beautiful state, like maybe that is something that's more real than, you know, going to school and learning to read and write and all that stuff. I don't know. I don't know. I really wish there was some way people could get that conveyed. I know it's very hard. Even the Buddha had to work hard at it. And you know, all the teachers work really hard to try to explain that to people, but it's like, it's so available, and yet we have no idea that it's there. Well, now you do. Yeah? And yeah, you can right. hold the space, and everything yeah. that's appearing in the space, those children are directly related to the space. Yeah? So if this space changes and, and has certainty, it's apt to be contagious to others without saying much or doing much. Yes? Because the mind will recognize mind awake. It will. That's what happens at these talks sometimes. People get a resonance or a sense of aha, but unfortunately they go home and think about it. <laughs> and then the thought system makes it something. And so they, let's say they have a special spiritual mantelpiece, they put it on that as a something on that mantelpiece, and now they think they know it as a self. Yeah. See, that's the dilemma. It's always available at all times. It's what's thinking it's receiving it is the dilemma. In other words, this ball's being thrown all game, but you've got to see what mitt's catching it. Yeah. I used to have the first video we ever did was a video about the sheep and the lion to point out this little dilemma. I'm not going to go into the whole story, but I'll go into the part where the sheep, the sheep are living sheep's lives, you know, and to some that's not that satisfying, yes? They're always getting pushed around, and their, their hair is getting cut every year for sweaters, and, you know, people eating them, <laughs> like that. They don't really, they, they got a little chip on their shoulder, and they'd really like to be something other than a sheep. And then one day they hear about a lion and they hear about the qualities of a lion and they sort of figure, oh, I'd like to have those qualities. And then they find some pictures of lions and they get some frames and a couple of the people agree. Some of the sheep go, yeah, yeah, I'm sick and tired of taking this ship. You know? So they get some pictures and they get the frame, they put them up and they start, they found a book about lions and they read it religiously and they pass it around and they stare at the lion, they have candles and they're, Yes, please let me be like a lion. Let me be like a lion. And then in their little group, they see each other as very noble. The other sheep think they're crazy, but they're thinking they're very noble. And they're going on and on, and they're trying to become, with all their heart and mind, like a lion. You know, sounds very noble. But to see the situation, maybe that they are a lion already, that they just took themselves to be a sheep. Yeah, and so. The trying to become like a lion is going to further the sheep identification, and it's going to be it's going to be a further obscuring it, and it's going to be like that wolf in sheep's clothing, yeah. 
So the point is, are you a sheep? If you aren't a sheep, you may start roaring immediately. And you'll find out you're a lion. Yeah? What most of us are in is a stubborn identification as a self. And everything that we come in contact with is seen from that reference. Which this reference gives everything the meaning it has. So even these lofty ideas of enlightenment get objectified. We think we can know it, or have it, or get it, you know? People are, th- are working really hard to get enlightenment, as if it's something this thing can acquire, yeah? Because why? The stubbornness of the identification as a body is causing us to look at spirit as some foreign thing that we're going to have to go through arduous purifications or work to finally get ready to open up and receive it when we are it all the time. So trying to be awake in a way can deny the basic fact that you are awake. That's how tricky it gets. Because the stubbornness of that stump of assumption, the idea of being you, is pretty fucking persistent. And whatever it meets will be cast in that relationship. And p- awakening to me, peace to me, enlightenment to me, love to me, to me, to me, to me, to me, to me. The to me, if questioned, then you'll see what love means. Then you'll see what enlightenment is. Then you'll see what peace is. Yeah? You won't know it because it can't be known. You'll find out. Yeah? You'll see that what you are will infuse your experiences. What I call it is a stabilization of traveling lighter here. Yeah? We are appearing as action figures in a time, space, modality. Yes? Mm-hmm. And it feels like we're traveling. Yeah? And it feels like we can travel really heavy or we can travel a little lighter. Now, there are some things that we'd all agree are pretty heavy, like cancer or something like having cancer. But it still doesn't deny the fact you could travel lighter through it. Yeah? So this, to me, is the art of living. It doesn't say it's going to change the terrain of your life. In other words, if you're meant to get fired, you're going to get fired. If you're meant never to have kids, you won't have kids. But you'll travel lighter over it all. Yes? What more do you want? And what brought it to you? You did. You brought what you've been looking for to the table. You brought it to the table. Then you won't be relying on anyone else. You won't be relying. You can enjoy and express, but you won't be on a very needy type relying on anything. You'll be inherently free. Yeah. And it, and it translates here as this action figure, as traveling writer. And, you know, I can swear by it because I... It's sort of like, let's say someone's on a certain ground, yeah? And they've been living from there. Like, someone just talked to my girlfriend. And so, she's, she got scared that the cancer may be coming back. So, it put her into a state yeah, of concern and anxiety. And her head is thinking about the result. As if it's the result when it hasn't happened yet, yeah? And so now she's bringing something from what's not happening to cause a huge eruption in what's happening. Yeah? And how are you going to cure what isn't truly here? It's, you can't. Yeah? All right. 
So then she talked to her, her uh, a person she knows in a program of recovery that we're in, and that lady says, I just want to remember, I just want to remind you, you didn't think about having a drink. Well, that would be the first place you used to go. Now, the ground has gotten higher. The mental state only sees the ground. It doesn't see that you've been put into a much higher level of relaxation than you were in before. All it sees is what's in the way, this and that, yes? But she's traveling a whole lot lighter. Now, the joy is when you can notice it and acknowledge it. Because then your attitude gets infused with gratitude. You see, you see it, yeah? Jesus Christ, so, uh, so much of my joy could just be based on what's absent in my life now. I'm not even talking about presence. I'm talking about what's absent. <laughs> it's a huge joy. You know what I mean? The shit that I was going through every day and what I was causing out here was mind-boggling. <laughs> you know? Of course I had to get high. <laughs> Everyone would. Yeah? <laughs> because I thought I had problems, but I was the problem. Because I was identified as... That which was affixed by the alcoholism. The alcoholism affixed itself to self-centeredness. The parasite grabbed onto the bigger parasite, which is self-centeredness, which almost no one's recognizing. Everyone is trying to get relief from self, but as a self. And that's where all the addictions come from. All the addictions come from a failed ability to get out of self. Because you can't get out of what you're not in. So, of course, we try to get things that we temporarily forget, yeah, and then we pay the piper as it goes on. The addiction progresses, and the consequences get more severe, and now you have no choice. It's not partying anymore. It's a job. You're getting, you've got to get high, yeah? You've got to have that drink. It's, it's out of, oh, I'm just having fun. There's no fun at all in it anymore. It's a freaking job. You're trying to maintain at least a little forgetfulness of self. And it's got time involved in it. You're at it for years. The original addiction is the mental state's identification as a self. That's spawning all the other drives to get out of self. And it has you because when you're trying to get out of it, you're in it. (laughs) See it, man. If you look at ego as self as a predator, like a jungle, so you see the prey and you see the predator, it's usually pretty obvious because the predator rips the prey's throat out, yeah? It grabs it and kills it, yeah? But in this situation, the predator of selfing has you by you trying to move away from it. <laughs> as you're going out and you, th- you see the door says exit, when you get through the door, it says entrance, <laughs> You never get out of what you've never been in. In time, you can never escape from an imaginary place. You have a belief you're somewhere, which you're not, and that somewhere says, this sucks, I want to get out of here. You try to get out of there, and yet you end up there again or some other place that sucks and you try to get out of. And if you looked at your life, it's been like a march of slavery. Trying to get relief from what? Your elbow? No. The head. Most people, when they kill themselves, they don't shoot themselves in the left foot. It's here, yeah? 
they want relief from this, they can't entertain it any other way because they're identified as it. From, from, from. There's not even a pushing away. There's nothing to push. If you see it clearly, you are not that. And then that's that. And if you have, if it seems to recoagulate the selfing and get unbearing, then you come to a meeting like this. You know, any type of meeting will do, really, as long as you're attentive. <laughs> Seriously, it's you. Yeah. The greatest charlatan in the world can be used by you to free you from the bondage of self. Because mind and mind alone is it. Yeah? I have an authentic... Not only people had authentic masters and they didn't go anywhere. I had an authentic master. They didn't go anywhere. It had nothing to do with the master. It has to do with the mind. Yeah? Big mind. Boop, big, big mind. <laughs> well, there you have it, again. <laughs> I may be wrong. Who knows? You know, find out yourself. Why not? When you're worrying about next week, let's say, don't put the concern so much in the worrying about next week, whatever topic that may be. Just look at who is it that's doing it. Who is it that believes they're worrying about next week? If you see that it's not you, you'll lose interest in that and in the worrying that it was claiming. You will, because it wasn't about the worrying that was so important. It was what was being reflected in the claim, in the claiming of it, that it's you that's going to be there next week. You're not worried about almost anyone else into next week except you. And let's say if you have kids. yeah, No one else are you going to be worrying, oh, I don't, I'm so worried about what's going to happen. I, I have no idea, but I'm so worried. No, give me a break. Your interest is sort of aligned with an idea that it's about you. Yeah? So cut that off and you'll see you lose interest in all that stuff. Yeah? You'll lose interest in what's not happening. Where do you think the interest is now going to enrich? Now. Because there's only been now. The what's not happening is happening in now. It can't happen. Next Tuesday can't happen. Next Tuesday, it can only happen now. The idea of it. Yeah? Mm-hmm. And anyone here, what's today? Well, Monday. Almost anyone who's upset right now is not upset by Monday. They're upset by last Saturday or next Wednesday. You don't see how you've been stretching the time? All your attention, which could be enriching your life tonight, is now stretched into paying attention to what happened way back then and then what will happen to me. Yeah? And what what gets missed is what's happening now. You lend the value of this to the future and the past, and you get afraid of missing it. I did miss it, but you're missing it now by this transfer. Yeah? I really missed it. Oh, you're missing it now, in a sense. Your attention is going up the ass of self. And then you need a divine proctologist only to go back up the ass of self. They're not going to move in with you. <sighs> Feisty now. If this was the old days, I'd have a fucking sword. I'd cut my head off and I'd cut every one of your heads off. 
and then be done with it. Really. End of it. Last meeting. It would be so lovely just to watch that drop. End of story. And then whatever. (laughs) So any more questions? So can we, we can end, eh? Oh, do we have to do... Is there a time restraint constraint? You must give talk till 9.35. <laughs> do you think more is better? Do you believe if you sat here for three hours, you'd get more than sitting here for one minute? If you do, that's the allegiance to time. If you're sitting here and you're feeling pretty clear and bright, but in your head you're wondering, but what will it be like on Tuesday? There's the allegiance to time. Yes? Call a spade a spade. Check it out. It's not you. Just see where your attention is being put. It's being spread out in time so that it can be lost now. Yeah. Is it enriching your life to go down those those pathways, if only I or I should have, or what if. Does it, has it ever done any good when you've gone down those tunnels? To go back over your life and see what you could have done different, but not even acknowledging that something happened. You know, it just blows my mind. All the talking about oh, how it could have been, misses one important point. Something did happen. You know what I mean? Something happened. I'm sorry. It's like the elephant in the room with all your mental meanderings. No. That happened. Yeah? And my idea of the past is, if it happened, it was supposed to happen. If it didn't happen, it wasn't supposed to happen. End of story. (laughs) That's it. Yeah? (laughs) A guy did it today with me. He was surfing, and his knees hurt. He was surfing, and he says... I surfed and I had 25 waves and I had come out of the water. But then suddenly I said, I want another wave. And I went in and something happened. Yeah? You know what I mean? Just, whatever. That's it.